Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Today, a new teaching series called Foundations Building the Church. And it's really an opportunity to look at um, key areas that we believe God has spoken to Beacon about that we should make the foundation of what we do. It was a long time ago, but in the summer, Owen, um, during one of the meetings, uh, did a questionnaire. And he asked the church two questions. And the first one was, what can you give to Beacon? I think, our survey is going to come up. Here we go. So he asked, what can I, um, well, asked you, what can you give to Beacon? Here are like what it says. Interesting to see prayer, time and serving um, up there. And his other question was, What's your dream for Beacon? What do you want to see happening, Beacon? Numerical growth. But also, it's great to see like, how spiritual growth's up there. And Owen um, also introduced this kind of vision cycle to kind of how we're going to approach the year. Uh, build the church, foundations, glorify Jesus, and serve the community. Now, we're always trying to do those things. We're not having a situation where you want to glorify Jesus... It's October now, you need to come back. We're, we're the church that does that January to April. Um, we're always trying to do these things. But what it's really trying to show is that at particular points in the year, we're going to bring a particular focus to these, um, to these phases. And we're in the phase of building the church. And with this new series, we're going to look at these areas that we should invest in. We'll make the, kind of, the core foundations of what we're doing. And we're going to, in the upcoming weeks, see what the Bible has to say about these areas. But also, we're going to remind ourselves about how God has spoken prophetically over the years into, into these things. Um, why is that useful? It's, it brings focus to what you do when you can sometimes feel your resources are limited. It's kind of good to bring focus to what you're doing. But also it kind of eases that pressure to compare yourself to other churches. Uh, that can happen in like one or two, you know, a couple of ways. It can lead to a sense of superiority, like, oh, that church down the road. Have you seen how they kind of serve their refreshments? Heretics. Or it can lead to that kind of sense of inferiority. You know, in a particular ministry area, they seem to be doing really well. You just seem to struggle in it a little bit. And neither is healthy. Um, Really, there's key um, theological beliefs that a church needs to hold on to. But more often than not, when there's differences between churches, it's not because one church has fallen into theological error or another church... um, it's just failing at a particular ministry. It's more that God is put a slightly different DNA in that church, and he's blessing them in a slightly different way to the other. Originally, the series was going to be called Building Beacon, and then, to be honest, Owen overruled me and took the beacon out of it. And I think the reason why is because um, we want God to build beacon, we want him to use us here, but the reality is his purposes and his plans are far greater than beacon. Um, it's not about one church, it's not about one building. He is building his heavenly city that will never fade and will last for eternity. The whole DNA thing doesn't work as well, but I was aiming for with that anymore. But um, it's, it's just as we build Brecon, it's by his grace, though, that we get to pay a, um, a part in building his worldwide church. Today we're going to be in the book of Isaiah, um, chapter 61, verses 1 to 7. Uh, this part of Isaiah... It's predictive in nature, um, 
And in terms of the narrative of the Bible, it particularly importance for the people of God as they return from Babylon after being in exile. And actually for Beacon as a church, it had particular significance at a key moment in our history. As a lot of you will know, Beacon was planted by King's Church in Catford just over 10 years ago. And Steve Tibbet, the pastor there, on the morning of the kind of the last service before the people were sent to kind of um, officially launch Beacon, he had, he was praying and he felt God give this scripture um, to him. And just over the years, we've kind of come back to it. And it's kind of really helpful when we're thinking about this idea of spiritual growth and the transformation God can bring. So, it will appear up on the screen, but I'll read it as well. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, for the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated, They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you're a God of the word and a God of the spirit. I thank you that you speak to us through your Bible, um, Lord, but I thank you that you speak to us through your Holy Spirit, through prophecy, and that you've done that over the years for this church. So, Lord, we open our hearts to you. Um, We commit ourselves to you in this time, and we pray that you speak powerfully. In Jesus' name, amen. In any church, um, you'll have people working in a wide variety of careers, and even though I imagine those careers can be quite different, um, I imagine we experience similar challenges and um, similar um, problems. It's always important to be thankful. Work is good. As a teacher on half-term holiday, I can say that with more conviction than maybe three days ago. But it's, God, it's a means of God's provision to us. Uh, but sometimes work can be really hard. Um, many of us can relate to how it can be just very pressurised, quite cutthroat, um, unforgiving. If you don't bring the required level of success as quickly as your bosses want it, it's not the most forgiving and gracious environment. And... And that just leads to pressure and um, it being quite cutthroat. And in education, I heard that there's this trend that talented deputy heads, gifted leaders, are becoming increasingly picky about where they apply to become head teachers. They avoid the challenging schools, the ones where there's the greatest needs and um, really need to be turned around because they, they worry that if they don't bring the transformation 
and the level of success as quickly as they should do, their career as a head teacher is over before it's even started. So you're left with this difficult situation, this unfortunate situation. You have schools with massive need, gifted leaders, you just won't go there. In the passage we read, it's Jesus speaking through Isaiah the prophet. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus reads some of the passage and he says that it is fulfilled in him. And Jesus sees where the need is the greatest and he goes there. We see it in his kind of, he came to this earth, he came to say, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus entered this broken world to save it. In Isaiah 61, a lot of need is described. Poor, broken-hearted, captives, prisoners in darkness, mourning and grieving, those who have a spirit of despair. When we're in and facing difficult circumstances, it can lead to a, a sense of isolation. You may feel isolated because people don't feel, or sorry, people don't know what you're battling with. They don't know what you're captive to, what you're struggling with. It leads to isolation because people may know, but they don't really understand. Jesus sees you, sees your need, and he understands. And if you're feeling neglected by the world, you're not neglected by him. He has compassion for your brokenness and pain, but it is more than compassion. He's not overwhelmed by your need. He's not overwhelmed by your struggles. He has the power to change it. No one is too broken for Jesus. He wants to meet people in their need, but he's also able to change them. And there's just some wonderful things in the passage that um, he says. He will proclaim good news to the poor. He will bind up the brokenhearted. He will proclaim freedom from the captives and release from darkness. He will comfort those who mourn and provide for those who grieve. Whatever your need is this morning, you don't have to get to a certain point of holiness, a certain point of right living for Jesus to meet you and start a work in you. He'll meet you where you are and how you are. A couple of Saturdays ago, my daughter Naomi said to me, Daddy, is it the weekend for you? I was a bit like puzzled by her comment. I was like, trying to say, Naomi, if it's Saturday or Sunday, it's the weekend. It's, it's just what it is. Then I thought some more, and sometimes it comes around to Saturday and Sunday, and it doesn't feel like the weekend for whatever reason. I haven't got through enough um, work during the week. Um, maybe there's lots of stuff to, um, to do around the house. And I just end up thinking, where, where has it gone? But the truth, and we think of God's truth, it's not malleable. It's not defined by our circumstances. It is unchanging. It is what it is. But life can definitely test us in a way that we question the truth. When you feel tempted to question for whatever reason, this is a wonderful passage to draw upon, a wonderful passage to read again. Let it seep into your soul. Cling to it. And draw close to the anointed one who has the good news. You can go to the next slide. Okay, you won't be surprised to hear that this isn't my garden. Um, I, I live in Croydon, and I'm not convinced the entire borough of Croydon has this much greenery, um, let alone my garden. Um, when you look at a garden like that, you kind of, you're struck by how ordered it is. It's like a macchia, the beautiful flowers, how well kept the, um, how well kept the lawn is. And you, but can't just, you can't help but wonder, 
or someone must have a lot of time on their hands, but what a wonderful gardener they are. It's impressive, it's incredible. Um, but if there isn't a before picture, but if I told you a little while back, that, that lawn was massively overgrown. Weeds everywhere, the flowers were dead. You'd be even more impressed with what the gardener had done um, on that patch of land. Um, Jesus has compassion on us. He meets us in our need. He transforms us because he loves us. They will be called oaks of righteousness. Now, you may not want to be described as an oak tree. And this reminds me, actually, of a time that I said to my wife, Emma, I want our marriage to be like an oak tree. I know what you think, you know, romance isn't dead. Um, (laughs) But actually, the image speaks of stability. It speaks of something that isn't going to be blown away, that can stand the test of time. Um, But we're not transformed into oaks of righteousness so so we can feel better about ourselves, to to feel like, oh, now I've got my life sorted. Um, It's for a purpose. Um, The first is for the display of his splendor. When Jesus transforms and restores people, it brings glory to him. Think of a time when you've heard an amazing story of how Jesus has broken into someone's life. The power of sin has been broken, he saved them, and the Holy Spirit has set about making them more and more like him. You are pleased for the person, but ultimately, mostly, you're just left with this wonderful sense of how great is our God. How wonderful is he? But the other reason is, it's not just being transformed for our sake. He does love us, he does want to do that. It's for his glory, but it's so that God can use us. God wants to use us. As we're being transformed, we are called to bring the good news to those around us, to be ministers of God's grace to those in need. The oaks of righteousness are commissioned Now, you could possibly think our kind of worldly sense of approaching things would be to think those who have been really broken, damaged, God would give them the easy task. But actually, it's not the case. It's these people that will be sent to rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. As I said, God doesn't give the easy task. He's so confident in what his son has done, can do, and in his transforming power, that it's almost like he gives them the hardest task. And what that tells me is that no matter how broken you feel you are, or no matter how broken you feel you were in the past, don't discount yourself from Jesus' work. He has a plan and he has a purpose for you. He can still, um, he can still use you. He sees the potential in you. If you're in difficulty at the moment, he has compassion. He can see what his Holy Spirit can do in your life. You too can be an oak of righteousness. Go to the next slide. Um, Some of you may not recognise this person. This person is um, Danielle Strickland. She works for the Salvation Army. And she just has a really powerful testimony. She describes how... The difficulties in her early life resulted from believing a lie that rebellion leads to freedom. And for her, this lie, believing this lie, led to drug addiction, to criminal offences and time in prison. But then she described that she had this powerful encounter with Jesus in her cell. She describes it as feeling his embrace and love for her. And then her life started to change. 
And for years, she's been working for the Salvation Army in really difficult neighbourhoods, reaching out to those who are involved in prostitution, those who suffer from addictions. And she just has story after story of God changing people's lives. And you think, how did that start? One person in need met the transforming love of Jesus. Uh, And that's what's central to Beacon, actually, I think there would be testimony after testimony of people here who've come and felt Jesus' transforming love and have gone on to serve him in ways that they couldn't, didn't possibly imagine. And that's really important, but actually it's not just there is always the difficulty as a Christian that you're meant to reflect on, your, on how you are with God, where you are, is there any sin that needs to be dealt with. But there is that danger, you become too insular, you're always inward looking actually, you do need to do that, but ultimately, you're saved for a purpose. You're meant to be you're restored to restore the people around, um, around you. And actually, as a body of believers, we are restored to restore the community that we are placed in. Um, that line from Daniel Strickland about believing that rebellion leads to freedom is a particularly powerful one. Um, If I look at my own life, I wouldn't say I'm in outright rebellion to God, but I would see where there's areas where I resist him. And um, we can resist God because we believe if our own choices and if we pursue them will lead to greater freedom, lead to greater joy. If you think hundreds of thousands of people every weekend go to watch football games, and it's probably as the kind of feeling part of something bigger than yourselves, but... It's for that moment, those moments of collective joy when your team scores a goal or wins the game. But it's momentary, and depending on the team you support, those moments of joy can quickly disappear and be replaced with moments of utter despair. I say that as an Arsenal fan. It can happen. Um, But it's momentary. And... uh, and football, in some ways, is a silly example. But think of those areas that we'd say are good. Family, work, um, money um, is, um, is a good thing. But they bring a level of joy that doesn't last. The joy is momentary, and it can quickly pass. Verse 7 of um, Isaiah 61 said, Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. He gets rid of our shame. He gets rid of our disgrace. We receive a wonderful inheritance, and everlasting joy is ours. God's love for us is perfectly displayed at the cross in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus took the punishment for our sin, and now we can stand righteous before God. Um, He has the will to transform us, He also has the power to do it. And if you're in Christ, that resurrection power dwells in you. Um, If you decide to choose a life of accepting Jesus as your saviour and wholeheartedly pursuing him, you're choosing everlasting joy. Why choose anything else? It's really important to say with this kind of idea of oaks of righteousness and... um, people that are broken. What we're not trying to do is create some sense of like a hierarchy. The welcome team next week aren't going to start greeting people, say, hi, um, the leaders Owen and Phil have had a meeting and congratulations, you are an oak of righteousness. You get the good seats, help yourself to refreshments, come in. 
the news wasn't as good for you. <laughs> you are broken. Um, no, they're oaks of righteousness. You can't sit with them and don't help yourself to any biscuits. We are not about creating a hierarchy. Actually, the reality is, and the Bible is quite clear, before God we are broken. We need Jesus. The only reason we can stand before him and not be fearful is because of Jesus. And that's a powerful thing. Actually, the cross shouldn't decrease in your life. It's not a one-off event. Actually, as you go on in your Christian walk, you become more and more aware of your brokenness in some ways, more and more aware of your sin. And what that does is just have leaves you with an incredible sense of appreciation of what Jesus um, did for you and does for you. As your walk with God goes on, draw close to him and appreciate the cross. Now, I'd like to claim credit for this, but it was a commentator I read in summarising Isaiah 61. He just simply said, Jesus will make of his people what they cannot make of themselves. And actually, that's a powerful thing to recognise for There's that urge to strive, there's that urge to kind of make things happen by yourself. But as individuals, as a church, it's Jesus that will make what he wants of us. We just need to let him in to do that. And we're saying during the break, we seem to have through the service today, this morning. Um, So actually, we're going to have a bit of time to to respond, actually. I think we're going to come up. And I think in just areas of um, where we can respond to We know there's mourning and grieving in the church, and we need to keep on praying. We need to keep on praying for those who are are in that situation. um, Back to Jesus. Uh, That questionnaire showed at the beginning that people here love to pray. They really is. This is a church where we believe the importance of prayer is central to what we do. We believe that certain battles will only be won through prayer. If anything has spoken to you this morning and you want prayer, come and uh, maybe um, speak to someone after the service. You may even want to ask the person next to you. There's such a passion for prayer here. We would love to pray for you. It may be that you're feeling captive to something. It may be that you're feeling broken-hearted. I've just been reminded over the last couple of weeks, actually, that in terms of the prophetic, I used to step out in, um, in faith a lot more in regards to that. I'm not sure if you kind of did that. You kind of think years gone past. I used to exercise that a little bit more, that kind of gift. And I was reminded of that. So then bear with me. I'm going to kind of do a little bit of that this morning. Um, I would say I feel there's at least one person here, maybe more, that you're called to be a voice to the marginalised. If you think of that list of need that was described in Isaiah 61, the broken-hearted, those who are mourning and grieving, those who are captive, the prisoners, I feel there's people here who are, have a voice for that. I'd say, actually, it's probably the very reason they chose their career. And it's not that your career hasn't gone well. I think that, actually, people would say your career has been a success, but... It's taken you down a path you weren't maybe expecting. And it's like you've lost your voice in that way. You have that strong anointing to speak out for the oppressed, for the needy, for the marginalised. It's like you've lost your voice. I think the reminder is today, actually, it's time to start speaking again. It's starting to start speaking out. I'll just stand and pray as we, as we, before the band starts to play. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace towards us, but is manifested so perfectly in Jesus. Lord, I thank you that he is good news. I thank you that 
Um, he loves us. He's met us. Um, he's transformed us. Lord, and I pray that we're thankful for that. I pray that we will recognize it's for a purpose. Lord, I pray that you will transform this church more and more into your son's likeness. And as you do that, we'll be able to change the community around us. Oh, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.